You are welcome to the teaching ministry of God's servants, Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi. Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi is the president of Jesus Family Outreach, senior and founding pastor of Jesus Family Fellowship in Nigeria, editor and publisher of Success Info, Bible News and Relationships. His teachings are simple, sound, and easy to understand. I believe you will love what you will hear and be edified in the process. Happy listening. Today we are looking at wisdom for making a wise choice of a life partner. Wisdom for making a wise choice of a life partner. I believe that wisdom is a key to success in life. The book of Proverbs tells us, get wisdom. In all that getting, get understanding. He did say that wisdom is a principal thing. It will keep you from trouble. It will keep you from falling into the traps that the enemy has sent or set for you. And so when we look at the words that we are going to be sharing together, I'd like you to take them serious. I'd like you to meditate upon them. I'd like you to take them home, ponder over them, and then use them and i'm sure our god will bless you number one this is very important who to marry is not the most important thing in a single's life who to marry is not the most important thing to a single but preparation to be marriageable Preparation to be marriageable. I see an error in our community. Everybody is talking about who is he, who is she, who, Lord, send somebody, oh, Lord, connect me. But not many are taking time to improve their persons, to work on their character and their life. So it is important that you understand that your most important uh, issue now is not who to marry, but am I ready? Getting yourself ready, that's what's important. Making yourself marriageable so that when you do find someone, you don't lose it. Many have been connected and also they became disconnected. Many started well and then somewhere along the line, the whole thing ended up. And being Africans as we are, we are very good at uh, blaming the devil. <laughs> we look for one witch or one wizard or somebody who doesn't like us and then we pin the thing on the person. It doesn't, it's not always like that. It's not always like that. Most of the time, we are the cause. Character issues, habits, manners, the way we talk, the way we behave, the way we live, the way we do things, our desires, uh, things that we need to prune, things that we need to correct, things that we need to change, those are the issues. So know this. It's not who to marry first, but am I ready? Have I worked on myself? Am I mature enough? Have I improved enough so that I can find a good husband or find a good wife? Am I a marriageable candidate? Age is not a sign that you're marriageable. No. That you are old enough or you can dress well, you can cook well, doesn't mean that you are marriageable. Number two, 
It's important that you know you are designed not to be alone. God never designed you to be alone, so you need to learn to fellowship. You need to learn to relate. And that means you need someone. You need people to be happy. And so you must learn to be a people kind of person. There are some who are so reserved, they don't communicate, they don't share, they don't fellowship, they don't interact. And so finding a partner may be difficult. But once you begin to learn that you are not designed to be alone, and that you need people to be happy in life, and life is not complete, it's not complete without a partner, and it's boring when you don't have people around you. So you are designed for connection. Remember that all the time. You are designed for connection. So aloneness creates vulnerability. It makes you to be open for all kinds of attacks and temptations. It makes you to think a lot and think the wrong things too. But when you are around people, your mind is occupied with positive things. And so when you learn to fellowship, it helps you to be at the right place at the right time. Number three, anyone who is comfortable and more comfortable in the presence of sinners, those who speak against ministers of the gospel, who criticize the work of God, who say all kinds of wrong things about Jesus Christ, who are rebellious, so to speak, they are not fit for you to marry. Anybody who enjoys the company of sinners more, and is always in the habit of criticizing God, criticizing the church, criticizing ministers of the gospel, is not fit for you to marry. That person has a rebellious heart and will rebel against every principle of God that you have chosen to work with. Number four, anyone you are in relationship with or drawing close to you, showing interest in you, and is always showing signs of boredom with spiritual things, like studying the word of God, going to church, prayer, you talk about evangelism, there's no interest, there's no desire for such things. It's always bored with church talk, bored with Bible talk. It's always, please don't talk about that, let's talk on something else. That person is not the kind of person you're looking for. You need someone who loves God. You need someone whose heart is panting after God daily. You need someone who reverses God and who takes the word of God serious because that, those are the people that God will bless. God said, this is the one whom I will esteem. He who is humble in heart. He who is humble and trembles at my word. So if you are humble, you are contrite in spirit and you tremble at God's word, then God will exalt you. God will hold you in high regard. So marrying someone, a man or a woman who, who doesn't tremble at God's word, who is not humble, who has not got a repentant heart, then I tell you, you are looking for trouble. And you will get it. Number five, any man or woman who claims to be born again, but wants to caress and even have sex with you before marriage is not a converted Christian. You will have problem with that person in future. What is that problem? The problem of cheating. The problem of unfaithfulness. He claims to be born again. He claims to know God, but is always wanting you together with him or her to break the laws of God. He knows God says, thou shalt not fornicate, flee from fornication, stay away from premarital sex, 
Every sex outside of marriage is illegal, is against God's will, God is not happy, God frowns at it. And the person is always demanding for it, pushing for it. The person does not know God and the person will cheat on you tomorrow. Take my word for it. Except something drastic happens to him and he makes a U-turn somewhere along the line. A young lady has sent me an, a message. She said, I'm having a problem with this, my friend. He's always wanting us to have sex together. And we're always having sex and I feel so guilty. I don't know how to tell him. I said, tell him the truth, simple and short. I won't do it again. He said, I will try. I should pray for her. That kind of prayer is very difficult to pray. When you have told somebody this is the truth and the person knows this is the truth, her conscience pricks her. Why don't you tell the person, this thing, I don't want to do it again. You need extra fasting and prayer. I don't think I have time for that. It's very important that you realize that you are the one that makes the decisions. And the way you decide is the way things will turn out in your life. And so the choices you make, you are going to live with the consequences the rest of your life. Please, it's important. Oh, he will tell you, oh, if you love me, prove it. Sex is not a proof of love. You can have sex with your enemy. The man who rapes a woman is not raping the woman because he loves the woman. He's raping the woman because he wants that sex. That's all. People who go to prostitutes and pay them money to sleep with them. They are not sleeping with the ladies because they love them. And the ladies are not offering their bodies for the man to sleep with them because she loves the man. So you can have sex without loving someone. So sex is not really a proof of love, but it's part of the things that you need to put together or practice when you are in love. So but someone can have sex with you without really loving you. So let's not deceive ourselves. Let's understand what God wants and then make the right choice. So if someone comes to you, claims to be born again, and maybe you see him mount the pulpit and then he begins to make such demands, tell the person, now I know you are a deceiver. Now I know you are a hypocrite. You are not genuine. How can you who stand, who tell us these things, be doing the same thing? If you do that, if the person really has a heart of God, if he's under pressure from the devil, he will wake up and he will tell the devil to get lost. Amen, somebody? Amen. Very important, you must keep yourself pure. Number six, beauty is not all you need in a woman. And money is not all you need in a man. I know we always say she must be pretty, she must be beautiful, she must be good looking. I tell you, you must marry someone who turns you on beautiful, but you must look beyond the beauty. The Bible says beauty is deceptive. If, if everybody is as beautiful in their heart and character as they are beautiful on, in the face and figure, then I think we'll be having glorious relationships. But as someone is beautiful does not mean the person is good on this side. You can be really pretty. Everybody admires you. Every time you walk past, people will turn and look at you. But when they get close to you, they see a monster. They see a wicked person. So you need to know that you need more than beauty to make a, a good home. You need more than beauty. You need more than figure eight, as we used to say here in Nigeria, to make a good home. You need more than a heavy backside eh, and a puffed up chest to make a good home. And you need more than a pocket that is full of money. Because someone can have money, throw the money at you, and cheat on you. Because you know money attracts friends. Money attracts girls. Money attracts men too. And so you discover that the money can make the person to be so busy and occupied with so many social activities, you don't even have time for you anymore. 
Somebody can have money. You're sick. Okay, that's money. Take 10,000. Go and buy aspirin. 10,000 for aspirin. So you have more than enough money, but the person will never be there. Whether your head is pounding as if they are pounding the yam on your head or not, he has no time. He has given you money, he's gone. So money is not everything you need. You need a caring man. You need someone who will be there for you, someone who will be there with you, someone who will smile with you, cry with you, weep with you, comfort you, encourage you. You need a shoulder to cry on. Am I correct, somebody? And so always look beyond these things. They are essential, I agree. Don't marry someone you will look at and then you will say, Kai. Was I blind when I chose this one? No. Marry someone that each time you see her or see him, you are so excited. I made a good choice. So that when all that's passed by, you are not moved because you have got someone that is as good as those people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or maybe even better. It's good to marry someone who can feed you and take care of you, but money is not everything. Look beyond that. Number seven. The seventh wisdom key this morning for making a wise choice of a life partner is take your time to look for the person you want. Everybody say, take your time. No, you didn't answer me well. Take your time. Turn to somebody, tell the person, take your time to look for the person you want. Or you will spend the rest of your life weeping over the poor decision you made. Don't be in a hurry. Mom may be disturbing you. When are you bringing him? When is he coming? When are you going to get married? When is she coming? You go to church every day, you carry Bible. Don't you have guests in that your church? When are you going to bring somebody home? They may be on your neck. They may be on your neck. They'll be telling you, come and marry, come and marry. Some will tell you, make sure you don't bring another woman from another tribe. I don't want to see anybody who is not from our place. Come home. And you don't know anybody home. Don't let anybody push you. Look for the one that will fit your kind of person. God said, let us make a let us make another person a suitable helper. The one that will fit into the man's life. The one that the man will look at and the man will say, Yes, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one is more like me. I am very comfortable with this. And that was exactly what happened. You need a suitable person. Someone who will suit your kind of person. And that is to say you must know who you are first to know what kind of person that will fit you. Unfortunately, many people don't understand themselves. They don't take time to study themselves. They don't even know their, their body. They don't know their person. They don't know their character. If you ask them, can you describe your person for me in, the, in, in two minutes? They can't tell. Uh, uh, I love Ogbono soup. That's not what we're looking at. Praise the Lord. Hello, somebody. You need to know your kind of person. You need to know your temperament, know what you like, know what you don't like, know what those things that make you happy, those things that make you sad, those things you can accommodate, you can tolerate, and those things you can't tolerate. You should know your character, know your personality, know the things that, that make you who you are. So that when you are searching, you know the kind of person that you can accommodate, that can make you happy, that together you will spend your life. So take your time to search. Take your time to search. Don't say, oh, people, nobody has come all this way. In fact, the way I am now, somebody said to me, said, look, any, any, anything, anybody is okay. Anybody is not okay. Anybody is not okay. First, the person must be a Christian, I agree. But be that as it may, even though the person is a Christian, you must also remember this. 
you cannot, be, you cannot fit into every Christian's life. There's only one person that can fit you perfectly. And you need to take your time to find that person. And God will guide you. Because you don't know that person, that's why we always ask you to pray, seek his face. And God will direct you. He will order your steps. He will connect both of you together. And when he comes, you will know. So many will come. But these people don't know this one. Eh -eh. This one. Eh -eh. This one. Eh -eh. Can somebody say, eh -eh. Eh -eh. say it again. Eh -eh. So you should be able to know that I'm able to say yes, this one cannot fit in. Number eight, wealth brings many friends. Wealth brings many friends. You have a car, so many will be attracted to you. If you're, you're always well-dressed and you have a, a lot of gadgets around you, so many will be attracted to you. These days, as you're walking, people are looking at the type of phone you, you're carrying. They look at the kind of wristwatch. Some will draw close, purposely to see the, the, the type of wristwatch. Eh? Whether it's a branded wristwatch. They look at the shoe. If it's possible for them to say, please, can you open your shirt so that I can see the brand? Whether it's a Michaels or something else. People watch you, they observe you. And so when they see that you have got something, they come close. Some guys who are also very good at observing ladies, when they say, oh, she works in a very good place, a lot of money, they get close. You should be able to know that when you have money or when you are successful or when you are having a good job and when they see that things are okay with you, a lot of people will become interested in you. So wealth attracts many friends, but you need to be sure the one that seeks a relationship with you is actually interested in you and not what you have or what you can offer the person. Some want to get married so that they can rest. So the man can take over their problems and solve it. If that is your thought, it is wrong. Wrong motive for getting into a relationship because you'll be a burden to somebody. Nobody gets married to have a burden. Amen, somebody? We all get married to be happy. We get married to encourage one another and live a joyous life, not a problematic life. So please be careful. Search them. Test them. Be sure it's genuine love. Not your job, not your money, not your provisions. God bless you. A young lady was deceived by an American. She's from Asia. They got met on the internet, got married. She flew to America. The guy persuaded her to take a life insurance, took a life insurance. Before he knew what was happening, the guy was looking for ways of making her to kill herself, making her to die. So let's go to the beach. Let's go and, uh, you know, party there. And then he kept pushing her to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And she knows the energy does not swim. So the idea was for her to drown. And when it seems as if the thing was carrying her, the guy was behaving as if he was not, you know, he didn't see what was going on. Somehow God rescued her. And after God rescued her, it was then it became obvious that the guy wanted her dead so that he can claim the insurance money. Do you guys understand what I'm talking about? No, you don't. Because the way you are looking at me, you are looking at me as what is he talking about? Now, what I'm trying to tell you is that people have different motives for getting into relationships, so you need to search them out. And one of the prayers I like you to pray is, God, unmask this person who is coming close to me. Let me know him. Let me know her. Where is she coming from? What does she want? What kind of person is she? Praise the Lord. And my prayer for you is that God will give you the right person. The one who does not have ulterior motives in Jesus' name. Amen. Number nine. You can't love without being emotional. Is that true? 
Is that true? If you love me, you'll be emotional about it. You'll be passionate about that love. You will think often about me. You will feel for me. If you don't see me for some time, you'll be very uncomfortable. If you don't hear my voice, you become disturbed. Somehow, the emotions will be flowing. But not all emotion is born out of true love. Some say, oh, I have strong feeling for him. What kind of feeling? Is that feeling out of a genuine love, agape love, the God kind of love, the sacrificial kind of love, or is it born out of lust? So you need to check it out. What is in your heart or your friend's heart? Is it love or lust? Is the person just interested in sex with you? Or maybe he's always looking at your face, looking at your backside or look something else? You need to find out. Lost once sex before marriage. Lost once sex before marriage or outside of marriage. Why true love will wait till the marriage is done before sex happens? We'll wait. If you love me, you will wait. You won't give up on me because I said no. You will wait and you will wait and you will keep loving me. The more we wait, the more you love me. The more we wait, the more you love me. That's true love. Any other thing is lost. It's not genuine. It won't last. Because when problems come, it will quickly fade away. That's why many relationships don't last. Even when they enter into marriage, it doesn't last. Because they don't have true love. They were not founded on true love. The kind of love that God put in our hearts. Number 10. Feelings are manifestations of the interpretations of the mind. Feelings. Feelings. The emotions that flow within us. They are manifestations of the interpretations of the mind based on the information fed it by the five physical senses. So your feeling for that person that you are crazy for may be based on wrong information and assumptions. It may be based what? On wrong information. There's a probability that you are working on wrong information. There's a probability that your assumptions that this person is interested in you may be wrong. So it will be fatal to build your life on such. Don't build on feelings. That's what I'm saying. Don't build on feelings. Be sure deep within your heart there is genuine love. Not on feelings. Feelings change. But true love doesn't change. If you get excited about me when you feel like it, what of when I say something you don't like, will you still get excited about me? What of when I don't meet up your, to your expectation, will you still be excited about me? But true love will always be excited. No matter the offense, I will still love you. No matter the disappointment, I will still love you. So check it out. Check out your facts. Be sure your facts are right. Eleven. This is very crucial. If you hurry into marriage, you will hurry out of it. If you hurry into marriage, you will do what? Hurry out of it. There is always a preparation. What we call courtship time. There's always a time to get to know each other. If you don't, if you don't spend that much time to understand the person you're getting involved with, and then even when you get married, spend more time even to try to know the person because we realize that sometimes not everything is exposed, not everything is revealed when you are in courtship because you don't spend all the time together. You are not living in the same house. 
And so when you start to live in the same house, there are some things that will start exposing themselves that you never knew before, you never discovered. And so, but it's still very important that you will gain some basic knowledge about the person. And so don't hurry into marriage even when you are convinced A is my partner. And both of you have agreed you're going to get together and then get married. Please don't hurry into marriage. Take your time. Because once you say, yes, I do, God said, there's no going back. He said, I hate divorce. And Apostle Paul said, this is not me. This is a command from the Lord. No woman should separate from her husband. If she does, she must remain single for the rest of her life. If she cannot, let her return back to her husband. And no husband should divorce the wife. So that is a command for the church. And so that's why ministering to people who are not married is very essential so that you make the right choice. It's not to be done in fear. God will always be there to help you. But don't hurry. Those who make haste always cry at the end of the day. Twelve, if you marry for sex, you will not be prepared for the responsibilities of marriage. If you marry for sex, if sex is your motive for getting involved into a relationship or getting married, then all the other things, some say, ah, since sex is only to be practiced within marriage, let me marry. If you marry just for sex, I tell you, you'll be in trouble. You won't be prepared for other responsibilities, other uh, eventualities that will come up in relationship. You must understand fully what marriage is all about before you go into it. Thirteen, a wayward man or woman a wayward man or woman will be a wayward husband or wife. A wayward man or woman or a wayward single will be a wayward husband or wife. To marry someone you know has not repented of his or her immoral life is foolishness. You will have no right to complain that he or she is unfaithful to you since you knew that he has been it has been his lifestyle. It has been her lifestyle. It has been his or her manner of life before you got into marriage. So what do you do? Wait till he or she has fully changed before engaging him or her in marriage. I, I've tried to help some people sometimes when they're having marital crisis. And some will complain. And I asked one lady one time, this man you are complaining of is cheating on you. Was he in the habit of doing that before you got married? Say yes. Was he having many girlfriends before you got married? Say yes. So who are you blaming now? <laughs> you understand the point. You already knew that this man was a multiple person. You know what I mean by multiple, multiple relationship type of person. And now you decided to go and marry him. What do you expect? The thing is still inside him. It's his life. He's never satisfied with one person. But because, you know, most of the time you feel that if I come close to him and he marries me, he will change that you can outshine the rest of them, use your own style, your own thing to, to so satisfy him he will push them away. And now you have satisfied him, he decided to go for you and he married you. What makes you think that he will change? So it's always good to let the person change first before committing yourself. Otherwise you will, you will cry. You know, I pity those who will see that this person is in relationship and they are fighting to enter. And you are not even thinking how can a man be playing double game. I wonder if I am the only person extra he has. He's talking to me. He's not really in a relationship which I know. You don't think like that. All you are after is, I love this guy. I want this guy. I love this girl. I am going to get her by all means. And then later on, you start to complain. 
He's cheating. She's cheating. She's cheating. He's cheating. Didn't you know that that was his life before you got married? So the same man who is cheating while single will cheat when a man is the same person. The only thing that has changed is that the status has changed from single to married. That's all. So first of all, get the person to change first. Give him time to prove that the person has changed before you make a commitment. Is that clear? Don't say somebody didn't tell me. Number 14, if you marry someone out of pity or someone marries you out of pity, you will soon pity yourself. I said if you marry someone out of pity or someone marries you out of pity, you will soon pity yourself. You don't marry somebody to help the person. Let me help her. I pity him. He's suffering too much. Let me go and marry. No, no, no. You don't marry people because you, you want to elevate their life. No, you don't marry people because the, the person is suffering. You don't marry people because you pity the person. No. Marriage is not, <laughs> it's not like that. Marriage is for those who love themselves. If there is no genuine love, don't get involved. As someone will say, but Pastor, how do I know if the person pity me? Watch the discussion. Watch the language of the person. The things the person say will let you know. And you too will know. But the things you have told the person, out of pity, the person says, okay, no problem. And before you know what's happening, they get married. And then you come to the house. That is not marriage. Please. Fifteen. A man without vision has no focus in life. He has nothing driving him on in life. It is important that you don't marry a man without a vision. It is important that you don't marry a man without a vision. You need to marry a man who is going somewhere, someone who has direction. He may not have so much presently, but he has got vision. He has got the drive. He may not have all the necessities of life at the time you meet, but by the time you listen to him talk, you know he has got vision. I'm not talking about those who make a lot of boasts. I'm not talking about those who talk, 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 no action. I'm talking about the one that you sincerely can see. This person has got vision. This person is going somewhere. This person has something on his mind. Those are the people that I'm talking about. So those are the kind of people you need. A man going somewhere. Everybody say a man going somewhere. That's what you need. A man who has got prospect. A man who has direction. A man who has a vision. A man who has made up his mind that he's going to make it in life. You need that person. You need that man. You need that woman. And I tell you, if you will do that, search for such people, God will bless you. But to marry someone who is going nowhere, who is looking forward to anointing, is suicidal. He will cry. Because you have to push him to wake up in the morning. You have to push him to go get a job. You have to push him to do something. You have to push him. You, every day you'll be fighting over, go and do something. Go and do something. Look at your mates. They are doing this. They are doing that. You are not going nowhere. Following a leader, a leader who does not know where he's going is a big problem. And the man is supposed to lead the house and he has no drive. Number 16. Life is more than I love you. Do you agree? <laughs> I love you. Very common. We sing about love, we hear songs about love, we watch dramas about love. It's all about love, 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 everywhere you turn. Very easy to say to somebody, I love you. But life is more than I love you. The experiences of life affect love. So the experiences you will have in your future relationship will affect that love, and you must understand that. So it can't make it grow. Sorry, 
You, those experiences can make it grow and those experiences can also stop it from growing. It is therefore important people planning to get married should look at the future before making a final decision. What are the likely challenges I'm going to have with this person? What if this turns like this? How will our relationship look like? Five years from now, if this man becomes wealthier than this, the way I see him, the way I understand him, will he change? Will he begin to cheat? Will he become faithful? You need to visualize. I know when we get married, we're married in faith. So marriage is a faith work. You believe that it will be like this always. Amen? All love, 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 happiness, joy, sweet words all the time, no fight. But experience teaches us that it's not always like that. Am I correct, somebody? And so you've got to think about that too before you say, yes, I do. 17. It is therefore wise for a lady to look out for a caring man who will make a good husband. Unfortunately, ladies make mistake. What is a mistake? They mistake buying gifts to mean caring. Buying gifts to mean caring. We ask them, what kind of man are you looking for? I'm looking for a caring man. What is their definition of a caring man? Someone will buy me things. Who will give me money to spend. That's not caring. I can buy you gifts without caring for you. I can give you money to spend without caring for you. You can tell me now, Pastor, I need money. I take money and give you. Does that mean I care for you? No. I do agree that if you care for someone, you will buy the person gifts. You will spend money on the person. But caring goes beyond gifts. It's all about spending time. And women love time. They like attention. Am I correct, ladies? They like someone to be there. Someone to talk with them. Someone to, they just want to see your face. Even if you are busy, they still want you to leave what you're doing and spend time with them. Even when they have nothing to say, they want to see you. They want to talk with you. They need someone who will care. But I also discovered that men are very funny. When their wives are sick, they don't have time to spend. They are still busy pursuing what the family will eat. What do they do? They drop money. But there are some men who cannot go to work anymore. They will stay with their wives. They will see what they can do to make sure everything is okay. If he goes out, he's always calling in. But if it's a wife, the wife will stay there. The wife will bring hot, uh, bring towel, mop the man. I see, I see mop the man, clean up the man, whatever. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Sorry for my English. Clean up the man. He will say, there, run around. What will you eat? He say, prepare a, a goosey soup. After he say, I don't want a goosey pepper soup. I want. He will go back to the kitchen, and then after that, he say, no, I don't want that one. It's tea that I want. He say, what else will I do for you? The woman is always there showing concern, but the men are not like that. So what do you need? You need a caring man. So don't ever think that gifts is just the meaning of caring. It's more than that. 18. <laughs> it is possible to enter into a marriage covenant without actually loving the person you are marrying. Many have. They have done that. In the past, they married, they don't love the person. I met a girl once who married a man. He doesn't love the man. I said, how then did you do it? He said, the parents arranged the marriage. So they got married. 
And they only slept together once for the few years they have been married. So they are two, like two men in the same house. And so she became a lesbian. And then they are, her boyfriend, girl, girl boyfriend, now died, committed suicide. So she too was thinking of committing suicide before someone referred her to me. So I need you to understand that there are people who get married, many of them who are married, you may see them wear and co, but they don't love each other. Some will say, if not for the children, I won't be here. If not for my parents, they see regret. If you ask them to honestly tell you their heart, they will tell you it was a mistake. And so it's possible for you to marry someone that you don't love. It is also essential that you know that a marriage covenant is legal before God. It's legally binding on those who are married, whether you're married for love or you're married out of necessity or it was imposed on you by your parents. Whatever be the situation, it is still binding. So you must be careful. You must be careful. So don't get married when you don't mean to stay in the marriage. Don't get married when you don't mean to stay in the marriage. If you happen to travel outside the country, don't get married just to get papers. The marriage is still binding before God. Whether I say oh, it, was, it was agreed, it is just a paper marriage. It is still called marriage. You took the oath. And you said, do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? He said, yes. Do you take this man to be your lawful wedded husband? He said, yes. So it's still binding. And the government recognizes that you are married. And that's why they even go ahead and approve all the documents you need. And so you don't go into any marriage when you have no intention of staying in that marriage. 19. Those who don't mix up will not be discovered. Did you hear what I said? Those who don't mix up will not be discovered. Living where you will not be seen or meet the right person is not helpful to you. I hope you know that where you are matters. Huh? Ah, you are not getting me. Those who don't mix up will not be discovered. If you are always in isolation, you're always at the back seat, always in one corner. You don't show up, you don't interact, you don't socialize. People won't know you. So you need to live where you'll be seen. You need to meet with people to be discovered. The next one, 20, where you are determines who sees you. And who sees you determines what comes to you. Do you agree? Do you agree? So learn to fellowship. When they say single fellowship, fellowship. Always package yourself well everywhere you go because you don't know who is walking. Who is walking past you. Who is walking by. Who is watching. Who is looking at you. Conduct yourself well. Don't talk anyhow because you don't know who is listening. Who is observing. You may not even know somebody has sent a private detective to be following you up and down to know more about you and bring information. Please help me watch out for this girl. I like this girl. I don't know about her. Eh? Any information, give me. And then maybe the person that he was told to do that happened to be where, where you were shouting and screaming and yelling and shouting. Hey! You could say, ah, this girl fine, but this girl not trouble. He will not start narrating what he witnessed. And the guy will just 
cross his mind without even saying a word. And you will never know that somebody was admiring you and was investigating you. Not everybody believes in sea vision before they marry. I hope you know that. There are those who believe in gathering information. Am I correct? When you tell your father, I want to marry, say, don't worry, we'll go and uh, find out about the family. They send people, do you know so-so-so-so person? Do you know so-so-so-so about this family? Uh, is it a good family? They get information. That girl, uh, Monica, uh, do you know her? The son of uh, so-so-and-so person. Yeah, I know, I know. And then, then they ask questions. You will not know. And when the man puts his feet down, you are not marrying that girl. You say, why? You say, you are not marrying her. That's all. He has gotten information. 21. Always remember people see and read you before they get to meet you to know you. People see you and read you. Always remember that. They see you and they read you. First impression matters. How many of you are aware of that? They see you and they read you before they get to meet you in order to know you. So if they look at you like a crazy fellow, then that's how they are going to be watching you. Everything you are saying, they are going to be viewing you from that angle until you prove yourself otherwise. People watch you. People watch you. No man will like to enter into a relationship with a woman he's not attracted to. That's the next point. No man will like to enter into a relationship with a woman he's not attracted to. So first of all, attraction matters. So that means packaging is important. Everybody say packaging. Packaging does not mean you must paint, use all the colors in the world, wear heavy makeup, put on a wig that does not suit you, wear trousers that doesn't match, where your shape does not approve it, you see where because everybody's wearing. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, look simple, look presentable, look smart. Hello, somebody. I'm not talking of expensive dresses. I'm not talking about overdoing it. I'm just talking about being plain, being simple, being presentable. Make it your culture. Because when they see you, they either get attracted or they are pushed away from you. Now, this is also very important. Second to the last one. Love will attract someone to you, but it is your character that will determine success or failure of the relationship. Love will attract someone to you, but it is your character that will determine success or failure of the relationship. Many people have been attracted to people, but they blew it. Some complain, broken relationship, while they are still talking, I will get to know what their problem is. Either they have a problem with their temper, the explosive anger, and when they get angry, they go into a rage. The man will quickly take the back door, and that's the end. So, in as much as God draws someone to you, please be reminded, you need, you need to work on your character and improve on it. And finally, your dressing tells a story. And invites the kind of people that is attracted or that likes that kind of dressing. The question now is, what kind of story does your dress tell? And who are the kind of people that like that type of dressing and that are attracted to you? If your dressing is a type of, I'm hot, come get me, you will see young men who want sex come to you and they will pressure you to have sex. And one day they may hold you in a corner where you cannot say no, they will force you. 
and rape you. All in the name of love. If you give the impression you are a Rastafarian, eh? is it a Gamorphian they call them? You'll be attracted to such people. Depending on the story you tell. But if you also give the impression I'm a godly woman who is looking for a godly man, I'm a godly man who is looking for a godly woman, I am a decent person, well behaved, and I'm looking for a decent person who is well behaved, you'll be attracted to such. Believe you me, your dress tells a story. And it attracts a certain kind of people to you. So bear that in mind as you search for the right partner. And I'm sure God will help you to find the right person. Are you blessed this morning? Rise up, let us pray. I want you to pray just one prayer. And that prayer is, oh God, walk on me. Make me a marriageable candidate. And give me the right man, the right woman that will fit my kind of person. Pray that prayer honestly with all your heart, and God will answer you in Jesus' name. Lord, walk on me. Make me a right candidate, a marriageable material, a marriageable person, a marriageable person, and connect me to someone who will fit my kind of person, and together we will make a happy home. Pray that prayer from your heart, and I assure you, God, our Father, will answer you. Are you praying or you're looking at me? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your faithfulness. And we bless you for your word we have heard this morning. I pray that your words will impart us greatly. I pray that your words will change our lives. I pray that you will help us to use the wisdom we have received this morning. I pray that you will walk on each person and that each person will submit and surrender to you so that you can improve our lives and make us marriageable. Make us candidate for successful and a happy home. And I pray that you will connect each one to their right fitting partners. That together they will make a very successful and happy home. No one will miss the opportunity. No one will be disconnected from the one you will connect them to. And any devil who has vowed, anyone who has vowed, any evil decree that has made against anyone that they will not get married... By the authority that I have in Christ as your pastor, I reverse it in Jesus' name. I decree none will be without a mate, a fitting mate, and it will no longer delay in Jesus' name. The power of delay is hereby broken in Jesus' mighty name. Can I get a better amen? amen? Father, I pray that you will lift them up. I pray that in their jobs, in their business, in their career, you will cause them to excel. I pray for promotion where they are working. I pray, Lord, that those who are believing for jobs, you will give them jobs. Those who want to change their jobs, you will give them better jobs. I pray for those who are in business, you will prosper their business and trade. I pray for those who are trusting you for direction in life, you will give them direction. I pray for those who are schooling. The Lord, you are anointing to excel academically will be upon them. They will never have carryovers. They will not be distracted from their school. They will concentrate and they will excel and they will master the course they are reading in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that these men and women here will grow to become celebrities, successful people in every area of life. Above all, they will love you more, serve you with, a whole, with their whole hearts, never turning back, always following you till the end. That they will stand up from the crowd and stand up for you always. Help them, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I believe you have enjoyed the teaching of God's servant, Pastor Sylvester Oyemalechi. 
For further information, please contact us at pastor at jfoutreach.org or call 0805-247-2923-0805-6066-186. Visit our website at www.jfoutreach.org. Come worship with us every Sunday by 8 a.m. at Jesus Family Fellowship, 20B Bayawemimo Street, off Olomowewe Bus Stop, off Ishari Oshu Road, Ikotun, Lagos.